I'm Donna Peters, and this is season three of the award-winning Me Sweet podcast. The Me Suite is a community of career-driven, life-minded professionals sharing our stories, sharing what it means to lead our lives with purpose, planning, and power. What I call leading with a Me Suite mindset. Let's get in there. On today's episode of the Me Suite, I am thrilled to introduce you to Wonder of the World, Alex Adonijay. I had the pleasure of meeting Alex because he called me out of the clear blue sky from an alumni network that we are both a part of, and he was just getting started with two amazing adventures. One of them was a business that he had launched called Nabo, and we'll talk about that in a moment, and the other was he was about to hop on a plane to Taiwan to start, drumroll, his Fulbright scholarship. So this is an amazing young person and a future generation leader. And I am thrilled to welcome Alex Adonijay to the Me Suite. Thanks for having me on, Donna. I'm excited. I am really looking forward to hearing all the things that have been happening in your life since we spoke last year. So, Alex, let's start where we always start in the Me Suite. What are your core values and how do they drive decisions that you make? Yeah. So, my three values openness, radical honesty, and gratitude. Ah. So for openness, I'm thinking you have to be intellectually and personally honest in just about everything you do. I think it's how you meet new people, you have new perspectives, new explorations, whatever it may be. That tension, it always helps you grow, in my opinion. Radical honesty, especially in your personal relationships, but most importantly with yourself. Mm. Just don't waste your own time. Like Just figure out what it is that you care about and then pursue that with as much strength as you can. And uh. just don't give up in that. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah. And then gratitude. I would say don't take everything too seriously and slow down. Remember why you're doing what you're doing and call those people who actually helped you get to where it is that you are right now and appreciate everything that you can. Interesting. So your core values are really grounding in a why and a how. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, that's what keeps you motivated. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're, you're truly living this now. So I, I can't wait to call you in 20 years and see what you're up to because you're on just an amazing trajectory. Let's okay. dive into Thanks. that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to think if you're the only person that I've really personally known that I can call by name and have their cell phone number that is a Fulbright scholar. What is that? And what are you doing in Taiwan? So the Fulbright's a program from the U.S. State Department. There's a research and a teaching grant. I'm on the teaching grant, so I'm going to Taiwan uh-huh. out of the many Fulbright countries, and I'm teaching English, and I'm basically bridging some connections between the United States government and our interests and other countries through English learning uh-huh. to different grades. So right now I'm working with first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade oh my at goodness. a very big, very big elementary school, 900 children in Kinmen, Taiwan. And you just extended this. Do I understand that correctly? You've just been given a grant or an extension of some kind? I did, yes. I just accepted a fellowship position in Penghu. So I'm now going to move to another island of Taiwan. So I still have not made my way to mainland Taiwan. I've been on the outskirts of Taiwan. Oh, how interesting. Was that your first time to be in that part of the world? I've been in East Asia before. Uh Um, I was a Chinese minor in college. So I spent a lot of time in Beijing and Shanghai, uh-huh. studying abroad, uh, 
doing language camps and things like that, but I've never made it to Taiwan. So this is the first time I'm actually in Taiwan and I'm going to be here for a while. So yeah. I'm really getting to, to know the place. What languages do you speak? What languages do I speak? I speak Spanish, Chinese. I'm learning Taiwanese. And I think I can understand when my dad speaks Yoruba a little bit. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. So your father is yeah. from Nigeria? Yes, my dad's from Nigeria. Moved to the States when he was 20. So okay, I've, I've been able to pick up some Yoruba when he's speaking back yeah. home. Uh, and just from stories he told me. Okay. All right. Amazing. So at the same time in parallel that you have been fulfilling your Fulbright duties and responsibilities and learning an awful lot, I imagine... At the same time, you have been launching and running and nurturing a business called Nabo, N-A-Y-B-O. Could you share a little bit with the listeners about what is this amazing business and the remit, uh, the, the passion that you had for launching it? Sure. So I ended up creating Nabo because I went to San Francisco a few years ago for a software development bootcamp. And I get there a day early, so I'm in the hostel preparing to explore the city. And I'm in the lobby, and a homeless woman, very obviously in need of help, asks me if I can turn up the volume on the TV because the news was playing. She wanted to get caught up with what's going on in the world. So I turn up the, the volume, and we end up getting into this over three-hour-long conversation. This is about her childhood, career, family. We're just getting to know each other. And eventually, we end up talking about San Francisco's changing demographics, mm -hmm. uh, the increased cost of living, her past, and how all of those things have kind of culminated into this life that she's living now, mm -hmm. uh, and how that impacts her, and what her experience is like as a homeless person in San Francisco. And it was a really somber and honest conversation. There were moments where we talked about hopelessness. There were moments where we talked about family. There were moments where we talked about what her life would be like in a few years, and. It was just very difficult to listen to someone who didn't have as much hope as you'd want them to have Yeah, when they were obviously so capable of a lot, given everything they've done in their life. I mean, she was a nurse. She's raised her son her entire life, um, but she didn't have a safety net. And she so, was in the lobby of this hotel just to watch the television? That's another interesting thing I found out about San Francisco. I found out that some hostels will actually allow homeless individuals to stay in the hostel for free just for a night okay just so they can have somewhere to stay so oh okay. this was her night i understand i gotcha okay and so she has uh i mean wow what, what a universe of moon and stars aligning for you to be in that lobby on that day with that woman right 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 of course and it's funny at the same time i after the conversation ends i walk out of the hostel and I meet some San Francisco native who looks at me and he says, I'm going to take you around the city today. Didn't ask him, didn't ask him to do any of this. He <laughs> takes me around the city and he starts explaining everything about San Francisco to me, not just the surface level stuff. He starts talking about what it means to be in San Francisco in 2018. This was what the homelessness issue is like, the politics of the city, all of these very useful things. And one of the most meaningful things he did was I think we got coffee. And he picked up his spare change and he put it on a monument outside of San Francisco City Hall. Okay. And he said, that's what we do here. We give our spare change. We just drop it because we know someone else is more likely to use it than we are. And 
those two conversations, those two moments really stuck with me throughout the remainder of my time in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And so then you had an an epiphany for a business idea or how how did you get to Nabo from those life-changing interactions? Right. So actually (laughs) it took me a while to get to the epiphany, but I, I spent about two months there. So Mm. I was walking throughout the city and I was having all these really interesting conversations, really smart people, but there were so many people who are obviously in need of help just right in front of me and a lot of people doing things about it, but I just figured I could help out. So we had a final project and I took that idea of donating your spare change that the San Francisco native introduced me to. And I combined it with that experience that I had in the hotel lobby. Okay. And that became Nabo. What is Nabo? So Nabo is a platform for financially distressed individuals to receive donations and market their skills as they're matched to long-term work. So let's say you are a person or a family who is down on their luck, mm-hmm. you're unemployed, and you know you have skills, but you just haven't had the space to be recognized and you're running out of time before your savings run out. Okay. You can go to Nabo, you can sign up, you can launch a fundraiser, and this is for short-term needs. So for your utility bill, for your cell phone bill, for clothes, for a new job interview, anything like this. And at the same time, you can market your skills so you can find jobs. You can find long-term solutions to your financial distress. And one of the biggest reasons I created Nabo is because I think when people are financially distressed for a prolonged period of time, mentally, your mental health can take a decline. Mm. And that just throws you further and further down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So if there can be a platform for you to say, listen, I'm here and I have skills and I want to help myself. And I, there's a community of people who care about me. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for a break. I think that is really valuable to people who are looking for a way out. Yeah. So you're not just matching people to the funds that they may temporarily need. You're also matching them to be able to work where their skills are. Is that how it's mainly different from something like a GoFundMe? That's exactly how it's different. Okay. Um, so GoFundMe uh, is a great platform for donations only, but I also want a space where people can say, I need donations, but I don't need donations forever. Yeah. I I have this talent. I have this thing that makes me unique and uh, it's valuable in the marketplace. And I'd like to be able to make money off of it long-term. Yeah, I just need these short-term funds so that mentally I can have my, my needs satisfied. I can drink water, eat food, have clothes, and I can do everything I can do until I find a job. Yeah. And how empowering that you're really putting the spotlight on the fact that everybody has a talent and a contribution that they could be making if they had the opportunity. Right. I mean, I had countless conversations that summer with really interesting people in San Francisco who were experiencing homelessness. The first woman I met, she was a registered nurse, um, but she she just didn't have the resources to keep her job. Uh, and then eventually it kind of spirals down into like a rabbit hole. Yeah. And there were some similar people like that who were educated or had great careers, vacations, and then it, it kind of spirals out of control. Yeah. I'm forgetting the stat right now, so please don't send me any hate mail if I get numbers wrong. But there is a stat out there that's uh, shockingly high about the percentage of people who are just one medical emergency away from bankruptcy. Yeah, no, exactly. That was, I think the numbers decreased over the years, but the last time I checked, I think it is around 50% of Americans 
Crazy. But yeah, the number's changing. It's a ridiculously high number. And so many people are too hardworking and too intelligent for that to happen to them. Wow. Wow. Okay. So do you have any success stories already from NABO or, or what phase of the life cycle is the business in right now? It's, it's actually been a really great experience so far because I've just been approved by the digital bank that I'm tied in to use NABO with. Uh-huh. And I've had a lot of interest from people who are looking after someone who's experiencing homelessness. There was a woman in Milwaukee who reached out to me over the summer. Mm-hmm. She sees the homeless man every single day and she's nice enough to talk to him and get to know him. And he needed a surgery mm. and she wanted to start something for him so he could go through his surgery and recover and at the same time, find something long-term. And that was the moment that I was like, wow, someone, someone found NABO and said this could work and this could help someone out. Oh, interesting. Alex, that's one great progress success story. Do you have another? Yeah. So when this idea was in the prototype phase, it wasn't actually a website yet. I ended up taking it to a local nonprofit right next to my college. And I ended up explaining to them what it could do, how this could help them really understand their members, how it could help them eliminate competition between other nonprofits. And on the spot, they were immediately interested and they offered some cash to create it and give it to them. So I ended up realizing it's something that nonprofits could use to to better understand their members and just stop that competition between nonprofits. So they can do a better job and they can deliver better service to people who really need it. So are you are you where you need to be where if we tell listeners how to go look for more information on NABO, they could participate if we told them how to find you? Yeah, absolutely. If you wanted to find NABO, just go to nabo.org, N-A-Y-B-O.org. Or you can find us on or all socials. You can find us at NABO app. Yeah, okay. So it's, a, it's fully up and running and available to people. Yeah, people can use it. They can sign up. You mm-hmm. can do everything you need to do to help your neighbor out. Yeah. And then for the job matching component of it, are there things that we as listeners could be doing to help nurture the job matching part? Not just the funds available part, but the job matching part. The job matching part, I think if you are donating and you're interested in someone's fundraiser and they upload their resume or they upload a video of their skill. Got it. um, I think it would be great if someone shared that and let the world see it. I see. So the platform's allowing the the actual person in need to feature themselves. Right. It's that section's called the showcase. Nice. So I want people to showcase everything they could possibly show about themselves Amazing. that they believe is useful in the marketplace. Okay. Yep. I love it. And then it's our responsibility to help those things go viral to find the match, right? Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. I I, I think I really understand it, and this is uh, truly amazing. Uh, yeah. So so just congratulations for putting your energy and your passion and for starting to make a difference at such a young age. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. I want to see it make a difference. And I want, I feel like NABO could be something that could at least be the first step in ending first world poverty. I feel like there's a lot of talent out there that sometimes gets sucked away and I, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Is that your phrase ending first world poverty? Is that almost like the, the purpose statement for NABO? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That, that's my unofficial phrase. Yeah. Okay. I would, obviously, most people would want poverty in general to be over uh-huh. or extreme poverty, but yeah. I believe I'm creating NABO to 
help put an end to extreme first world poverty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you're an amazing person. Thank you. Just give it a shot. Uh, you are. You're giving it much more than a shot. Um, Alex, yeah. when, when you're, let's say, 40 and I call you and I'm assuming that you will take my call. What do you want to be able to say about your life at that time? I definitely take your call first off. All right. Well, thank you. When I'm 40, obviously I want to be a good dad, husband, son, friend, all of those things. I think professionally what I actually really want to be able to say I've done is I think I've, I want to say one of my ideas, whether it's NABO or something else, has gone forward and it's helped many people. Yeah. Um, and I want to say that it's like transformed the way we're thinking about how we can make our society better. So NABO, for instance, it's not so much about donations as it is just considering your neighbor or someone, someone less fortunate than you are mm-hmm. at, the, at the current moment. So yeah. if I could spread those ideas forward, then I would be, I'd be very happy with myself yeah. at 40 years old. At 40. Uh, how long will that be? What is in that for you? About 16, 17 years? 17 years, yeah, 23. Okay, okay. wow. Okay, well, if you've done this in 23 years, can you imagine what you will have done by 40? <laughs> wow, all right. I have very high expectations for you. <laughs> yeah, this is the first of many ideas, so I'll yeah. keep them coming. Yeah, amazing. So I wanted to ask one other question about your scholarship experience abroad uh, with the Fulbright. Has there been anything major aha moments or just things you did not expect at all that you'll be forever changed by through this experience so far? I find international travel really changes a person. So I've been abroad before mm-hmm. and a lot of it was great exploration with friends from the United States. I've always had a way of making local friends and finding uh-huh. my way into like local groups. Yeah. But I think I've done that especially especially well here and it's not even by design it's just it's just kind of happened the first day we were here before work started Mm -hmm. i was playing basketball uh and i sprained my ankle and one of my friends he gave me icy hot (laughs) so i put it on my ankle and i went back in and i sprained my ankle way worse (laughs) oh nice (laughs) it's very bad but you know what they all did they all picked me up about 10 guys picked me up Put me in their car, took me to the hospital. I almost tore a ligament in my ankle. Between those guys, they checked up on me the whole night. One of my other friends who I go fishing with came to my apartment multiple times and he started doing Eastern physical therapy okay. on my leg. I couldn't walk for, for two weeks. Every time he came over, I've made leaps and bounds. I was leaps wow. and bounds better than I was before. So just the care. And the mm-hmm. community's given to me. And really all I've offered is just friendship and, and being willing to like listen to new perspectives. But I mean, I think this is the first time in my travels abroad where I can say a totally new group of people has been very welcoming to me and pretty much taken me in with like open arms in, in all ways. Wow. So Alex, you mentioned that you're teaching children English, and I don't think that you have any prior experience in this area. What were you doing no. before you left for Taiwan? What was that job? So I was working in Chicago as a software engineer. Okay, and so you went 
overnight from software engineer to teaching very young children English? Yeah, drastically different careers. Um, especially when you're working as a software engineer in times of COVID, work from home. So yeah. you're you're on a computer screen eight hours a day. And now I'm in Taiwan, <laughs> essentially a COVID-free country, face-to-face oh. with children eight hours a day. Interesting. Okay. And so so what is that like? This has to you must have you must have felt that you have plopped into a different planet. I really do. Children are always really energized. And I think my favorite part about it, though, is just like the raw emotion that a lot of the children are giving off yeah. in response to anything I'm teaching. Okay. So I like it because I'm getting immediate feedback. And it's really interesting learning how to deal with all these different personalities and all these classes, uh-huh. seeing like who works best with who, like what, what kind of things do you guys like to do? Uh, how are you going to learn? But how are you going to have fun? All those different types of things. I think it's fun to work with humans. So <laughs> and they're like very raw, emotion-filled humans respond to so many different things. Well, I can tell you that what you're learning right now is going to carry you through the rest of your entire life because working with executives is exactly the same as working (laughs) with children. (laughs) It is exactly the same. Humans are humans, no matter how old they are. (laughs) You're telling me they don't get less emotion filled with age? They, they may hide the emotions a little more, but then that just ends up being a challenge that has to be worked on, right? Okay. So, so what you are learning today is going to take you extremely far. So Okay, that's good. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I like to close with some aspirational but practical advice for me, sweet listeners. In your really interesting short time on this planet, some really interesting experiences what advice do you have for listeners of things that we should think about doing differently on Monday? Okay. All right. So this is something um, I was thinking about this question too. And my dad actually just told me something on the phone quickly in passing, but he said, run your own race. Ah. Um, I used to run a lot of track and I think it's just true. If you're going to do something, you should just run your own race. So run your own pace, um, run your own strength, everything you do, run your own race, but that's how you get to the goal. So that means don't compare yourself to others. Set your own yeah, bar. Right. Set your own bar. Do things do things according to how you know yourself. Yeah. Do things the way you plan to do it. But run your own race originally. Wow. Well, you, you are running your own race and it's a beautiful one. And I really look forward to continue to track your successes. I feel very lucky that you picked me out of some phone book and decided to call me on that random day. And please do take my calls in the future. This is amazing. Alex Adana J, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Donna. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. For executive and career coaching services, contact me, Donna Peters, at themesuite.com, LinkedIn, and Twitter. The website is the dash me-suite.com. Suite is spelled like executive suite. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us continue to shine a mic on more amazing people.